Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today on Scaling with People. I have Nicole Taylor joining us today. She's a passionate about people development, entrepreneurism within an organization, and naturally gravitates towards opportunity to develop efficiency and client intimacy strategies. She has spent her career rotating through many types of roles from sales to operations, private to public, domestic to multinational, and manual to automated. Nicole has a track record of success working with executives to create and execute a wide range of strategies. She brings a wealth of established frameworks which help teams see the path to the finish line and shorten the time frame for projects. She's also a lifelong learner and constantly looking for ways to put seemingly unrelated items together and create something new. Nicole lives in Boston metro area and keeps herself busy with many hobbies, including learning conversational Spanish, rowing crew with a local team, and traveling with her children. She's also in the process of completing her 200-hour yoga teaching certificate and loves sharing her practice. Oh my gosh, Nicole, so much great information. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Guinevere. That intro is such a mouthful. You did an amazing job. <laughs> I try, I try. So many great accomplishments. You want to get, capture them all. Yes, yes. Well, likewise, it's been really, really a great, uh, my honor to have the opportunity to get to know you so well over the last few months in particular. Well, so today we're going to be talking about scaling people through fractional support. And I know that this has become a really hot topic, especially among young startup companies, small companies uh, who may not have the resources to have full-time executive level individuals on their payroll. So what is fractional support from your perspective? Yeah, such a great question. I spend um, a good amount of time talking about this, this these days. I feel like fractional is a, a new terminology that we came up with. And I think of it as somewhat um, the old school temporary kind of hire, but um, this is a more executive level person. So somebody that brings a lot of experience either through um, current work experience or somebody that's um, finished their career and looking on to move on to their second uh, phase of their career, but in less than a full-time capacity. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely an industry, interesting industry that is popping up. I think it's existed prior to COVID, but I think COVID's really been the catalyst for it to really grow and become the thing that people will, exactly at our level too, wanting to be able to do more and spend more time supporting more businesses rather than just being attached to one. What do you see is the difference between fractional work and consulting work? Yeah, um, I love your comment too about being able to work with a bunch of different companies. I think we all have different skill sets and perspectives we bring and they can benefit more than one one home. Um, you know, when I think about traditional consulting, I think of, you know, somebody coming into a team, sitting and listening to either the problems the organization is experiencing or a new direction that they want to go in. And this additional outside perspective comes in and helps them think about it differently. They might help them formulate ideas, but they're not necessarily part of the team on site or part of the execution staff. Um, and to me, that's very different than this fractional concept where fractional becomes part of the team. They're sitting with the team, they're participating in meetings, they're um, uh, joining strategy sessions. And even though it's probably on a part-time basis, whether that's you know part-time during the year or part-time during the week, 
it feels more like that person's part of the team, which I think is a is a different experience and a different feel. I so agree. It's it's the part of time. It's just you you're more a part of the family. You might be like a distant cousin or just like a cousin, you know, second cousin, but you're still part of that family and you care. I think when when I think about fractional work and, and coming into fractional work, I think about it in a way of like I care as much or maybe sometimes more than I would have if I was just an employee. Definitely more than I as a consultant just coming in to do project based, right? Um, someone who really cares about the results of the business and supporting the growth of the business and what the business is trying to accomplish. Yeah, I agree. I I especially like that we get to participate in the the team activities too, right? Like the dinners and lunches and team building things that don't normally um, get included when you're sitting on the outside. And and so that's that real team sit on the inside feel you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's so important too, because like I, I think initially when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, there's all the fruit fun stuff everyone wants to be involved in. But the importance of being involved in that, one, you're building relationships, right? You're actually building the relationships. You're going to be able to move the needle faster because you have those, you've broken bread with people. You're, you know, you humanize the what's going on. And two, you're learning about not only the inner relationships and how to work with people, but also business too. Like how many times do you sit at a dinner and business doesn't come up? Like never, right? <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah. You try, right? You try somehow business sneaks in there and being able to be part of that conversation and, and uh, be aware of those conversations, even if you're not necessarily the individual participating in it, but you're learning about the business at the same time. And so it's, it's so important. I remember the first time doing fractional work where I got invited into an offsite and I was like, what, you're going to invite me to your offsite. This is great. Cause then I could actually help you better. And it was, right. I realized how important it was then to like make sure the CEOs and founders that I'm working with understand that I am a part of the team and I should be participating in all of these events that you have for your regular employees. Yeah. And the cadence of the work too, I think you get a better understanding being part of the team, right? And I think it's easy on a cons- when you're sitting outside in a consulting world to to not really fully understand and appreciate that culture that you're talking about and seeing that what what the leadership team is going through every day when they're making decisions. Um, and you definitely get that in a fractional environment, which is nice. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on in regards to like knowing that our audience here are CEOs and uh, founders of startup businesses, uh, maybe thinking about maybe maybe I should think about bringing a fractional on, but maybe it's not time or is it did I wait too long? Like, what do you find um, in regards to like why should a CEO or founder think about bringing a fractional support on sooner rather than later? Yeah, that's such a great question, Guinevere. Um, you know, as somebody that spent a lot of my career working on operational infrastructure, um, most of the assignments I get are fixing things that are broken. And they're broken because infrastructure wasn't set up early enough in the point of the evolution of the organization to prevent a lot of those things. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, for, for when I talk to clients, it's are you past proof of concept, right? Do you feel... Um, are, are you with your product enough that you're ready to invest and go forward and you, you're ready to take it to market? That's a great time to be thinking about infrastructure and bringing somebody on. Um, I also think, you know, founders and CEOs, uh, they spend a lot of time working alone and um, having some fractional support would be um, some strategic 
uh, it would give another opportunity for strategic discussions, right? A different perspective, a different um, line of thinking, at, probably outside of their technical expertise too. Um, and then the other reason, you know, the, the first reason I mentioned is usually it could be that something's broken and it's broken in a way that the, the team itself doesn't have either the expertise or capacity to fix. So bringing on somebody in a fractional role to take on that piece for some set period of time could be another really great reason to bring in a, a temporary resource. And I've seen that, that I've seen that happen quite often. Yeah. And also too, I find that especially on the human relations side, but even operations and finance side, which is your area of expertise that, you know, CEOs and founders, they're typically, they're into the product, the engineering sides, even sales. Those are usually the areas in which they really thrive in. And the business backend items that you and I cover usually are the last things they can think about. And it's, it's until something's broken, until it becomes so overwhelming that that's all they're doing and they're not liking what they're doing anymore. Um, so really, I love to tell executives and, and founders, like when you start to touch something that is not your wheelhouse, you don't enjoy doing, life is too short, start thinking about bringing on a fractional or even an interim, um, you know, or project based, like, you know, fixing that issue uh, and give that person an opportunity to take that off your plate. I love that. It's the, um, you know, I always say the, um, the, the infrastructure stuff is not, it's not the fun work. Well, it is for me. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's not fun work for inventors and entrepreneurs usually. So I, I love that. Give it to somebody else who is excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's their wheelhouse, right? So they're going to be able to get it done faster, more efficiently, probably build it a little bit more stronger, right? And have that mindset and experience to do it well. And then let the CEO founder do what they do best. Go sell the business, get more clients, right? And and, and build the product. And yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So do you think the maturity phase of an organization, such as like a startup growth or maturity le like area, um, change the way executives should think about complementing internal executive staff with support? Yeah, you know, that was a loaded question. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's a great question. You know, when I think about business cycle phases, there's startup, there's ramp up, there's growth, and then there's a maturity phase. And I do think it requires a different type of talent for each phase of um, those business cycles. And um, sometimes the team that you grow up with can stay with you through all of them if it's supplemented with a little bit of expertise here and there. And that expertise could come in so many different forms. It could, you know, sometimes it's infrastructure, sometimes it's finance, sometimes it's people and culture. Um, but I think, you know, depending on where the organization is, it, it does have different needs. Um, I spend a lot of time talk, a lot of time talking to startups about, um, you know, really fundamental things like how to do financial planning analysis, right? Well, the mature organization doesn't need that. The mature organization might need if we want to scale and get bigger, what are some new ways that we need to think about our financial planning and analysis? So it's a different conversation than oftentimes requires a different skill set. I like what you said. I always kind of, when I talk to people about startup companies, I talk to them about thinking like from a baby to college. Yeah. That's how I see it, right? Like the baby stage and then you're out of diapers, you start to walk. Maybe now you're going to elementary school. Now you're going to high school. And I usually see around series C or D's when you're like, okay, time to go to college. And a lot of times corporations really struggle there 
because a Series C, Series D funded startup is going to need that higher level person over a director or VP because it's time to really grow up and go to college and be prepared to be an adult. Uh, So I, I see that a lot of organizations around that life cycle really struggle because they've had these amazing people next to them by their side this whole time you know, blood, sweat, tears, the time that it took to build the company. And yet now it's like, mm, the company can't go to the next phase with this person in this role. Right, right. And that yeah. doesn't mean they don't, they can't, there isn't a home for them. It just means probably their expertise needs some additional supplementation, or maybe they just need capacity to build something that sits on top of what they've already got while the other folks run the railroad. I use run the railroad um, term. Yeah. It's hard to run the railroad and do change at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. What do you think are the benefits, maybe the top two or three benefits of bringing on a fractional support to the organization? Yeah. Um, what I've seen, the number one benefit is a different perspective. I think um, organizations have a tendency to get really insular and live in an echo chamber, right? You're all talking to each other about the same thing all day long. So bringing in somebody from outside, it could just be a completely different perspective. Um, Fractionals usually have a lot of experience, a lot of C-suite experience, a lot of executive experience um, that could supplement what the team already has. Um, But I think, you know, another thing um, that I've talked to a lot with uh, organizations is just the financial impact. Not having an FTE on the books as opposed to a contract person gives you far more flexibility and... um, ability to manage your your finances and your your balance sheet a little bit better. Absolutely. Like that that's the number one thing that I focus on is how do I fit the into the budget still giving what the business needs. And a lot of times it's you don't need me 40 hours a week. You probably only need me 10 hours or maybe even 10 hours a month, right? So right. I kind of like consider myself to be a dial the HR expert, right? Like I'm on I'm, I'm here, I'm ready for you. We'll do some project based stuff, but really just part of the conversation part of the strategy conversation, help bring the people perspective to the decision-making process, give them guidance in regards to how to build that framework so that when they are ready to bring on that full-time person, I always say, don't make them build the plane while they're flying it and then expect them to be successful, right? Like, (laughs) let me come in, I'll build the really cheap, you know, regional uh, hopscotch kind of plane, right? It will go and it'll go up. Right. Yeah. It'll go up. We'll fly. It might take you like, it might take you three or 400 miles, maybe five, but not a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Puddle right. jumper. Right. But it will work. And then when you bring in your full-time person, then they could upgrade to the point where eventually it's international you can fly for right. 20 hours without any problem. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. The upgrade <laughs> is way easier than building from scratch. Especially exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So how do you think about the fractional areas and choosing fractional support versus a full-time hire? I think we talked a little bit about that already, but um, what else do you have to add to that? Yeah, no, I love this question because I I spend a lot of time talking to founders and CEOs about problems that they have. So they will often go out and say, I need a chief revenue officer. And I say, okay, well, what's going on? Why do you need a chief revenue officer? And they say, well, we've got a sales team, but they're not as efficient as I thought they would be. They're not delivering the way I thought they should be delivering. They're not um, communicating the way I thought they should communicate. And I said, geez, you don't need a chief revenue officer. You need a sales operations, right? (laughs) 
Um, and a fractional would be a great plugin for that. If you've got a strong revenue officer who knows the business and knows the clients, supplementing them with somebody who can come and build some uh, operational infrastructure for you, that would be great. Uh, the other side I see a lot because my background is finance is CFO. We think everyone thinks they need a CFO. But when I dig into the problems, what they have are, again, it's operational issues. They um, they don't things don't interact. They don't have integration between the different systems. They um, their planning process isn't uh, collaborative. It's done in silos and they just plug things in when they get it from the other business lines. So having you could either have a strong CFO or an operations person and or sometimes that I think can be done by one person, especially if it's one of these more senior level people. But oftentimes you have one or the other and you just need to plug in on the other side. So each of the different functions um, sort of serves in a different way. But uh, what what have you seen on the HR side, Guinevere? Do you see so many yeah, I have a great example of this. So um, a came in client was basically kind of goes back to like just a different perspective, what you said before, right? Bringing in a different perspective. I came in and I was like, oh my gosh, why do you have so many systems? None of them talk to each other. They have two HR platforms, one because they're in the US and then one because they're international. They have a contractor, they have two contractor platforms, Dylan Upwork. They um, they have NetSuite for their finance where it's not connected to either of their HR tools. Finance is using a credit card website, an expense um, report website, a um, invoice billing website. None of those are connected. And it's like the amount of manual work that the teams are doing, but they're because they're so overloaded with the amount of manual work, they don't have time to stop and take a breath and go, if we just take 20 hours here to fix things, it would make our lives, I get 40 hours next week back. And so kind of bringing into hey, let's, let's, yes, everyone is, I mean, I haven't experienced a client that's like super excited when I say it's time to switch systems, but <laughs> when I give them the ROI and I give them like, yeah, it, I'm here to hold their hand the whole time and we're going to get you through this. And on the other end, you're going to be so happy because you're going to be able to breathe. It's going to be a little bit harder, you know, the next couple months, maybe, you know, because you got more workload added on, but at the end of the day, you're going to be so happy to do it. It's kind of like the whole like a hiring manager, right? We're, we're, we've all been there, right? You're, you've got to hire this role, but I don't have time to hire this role Not, because I don't have this role. Feel. Right, right. You, you have a goal in order to hire, but you need to hire in order. Yes, yes, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I love coming in and just providing different perspective of what's going on. And my biggest thing is finding efficiencies. What can we do to change? And it doesn't have to be like a, a huge change. What can we do to make it more efficient for the people involved, for the admin, for the managers, the employees, the directors, the executives, the board of directors, right? Like whatever it is, how can we make it more streamlined and simplified so that everyone can have more time to do bigger, better things? Absolutely. Do more of what they want to do and what they're good at anyway. I love what you said about adding the change management piece on too. I think we all know that we need to do change management, but that takes a lot of time and energy on its own, right? So having somebody else can come in and look at the infrastructure and figure where to plug things in and then also do the change management for you um, and train people and hire people if appropriate, all that stuff that you're talking about, freeze them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially like, I mean, in my world of the HR side, a lot of the founders I work with, they don't know HR. So they don't know what tools are going to be right for them. They don't know how to build the tool out to be as functional. I've come into clients where 
they have a decent tool, but they didn't actually build it out all the way. So they're paying for functionality that they're not using. And it's like, like, let's turn this on. Let's turn that on. Let's get people using this. Right. And so, um, it's also sometimes it's, it's not necessarily about changing the platform. It's actually just using it to its fullest capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that too. A lot with CRM systems in particular. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Like, how did you get into the fractional world and why do you love it so much? Yeah, thank you. Um, So I have, as you so eloquently stated in my bio, rotated around so many different roles and I've had uh, an opportunity to work with many different types of teams, um, operations, finance, sales, service. And, um, you know, like you, I really enjoy making things more efficient, Um, but I'm very cautious about keeping the customer in mind. And I think that has become a unique value proposition of me. Um, Operations people usually like to make things as super efficient as possible and salespeople want to make things as customer friendly as possible. And I think I, I, like I said, I have a unique ability to put those things together. Um, working in um, the corporate world for so long, again, gave me lots of incredible experiences, got to lo- work on lots of really great projects. Uh, but moving into fractional and some consulting has given me a lot of freedom to work the way I want to work. Um, I, it, I'm i still in offices. I'm still traveling. I'm still seeing clients. I'm still on Zoom. Um, but I get to do it in a way that makes me happy. I get to choose clients that have a meaning and purpose that are valuable to me. Um, and that's something that's really important to me and my my personal value uh, value system too. So how about you? What do you like about doing the fractional side? <laughs> well, I think just go back to my question about what are the benefits of fractional. You know what I love about it is I have I feel more free to be very honest and very direct about the situation, being able to say no, being able to say this is not the right approach. Because at the end of the day, if the CEO or founder doesn't like that, we can part ways, right? But it gives, I, I feel like, and I've talked to a lot of different HR folks who just feel like they kind of sit on needle a little bit in regards to like, well, if I don't, if I don't, you know, rock the boat, I'll get to keep my job. But if I start to rock the boat, which is what the company probably really needs, mm-hmm. I, my job is in jeopardy. So sure. I feel like as a consultant, as a fractional executive, I can come in and I don't really care about rock the boat, right? That's why you're actually bringing me to the table. And I can yeah. just tell you, no, and this is not the approach you need to take. You need to go in this direction and take it as you want, right? Um, and so I feel like my clients really value that tra- full transparency and not sitting in this fear of like, you're going to, because like, you know, I don't want any client to fire me, but you know, sometimes, you know, that, that sometimes the the best therapy is is that, kind of therapy of just like, mm-hmm. no, you shouldn't do this. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love that idea. The ability to be truly honest, authentic, direct, because to your point, that's what they need. Um, yeah. I think it's also been interesting to be able to plug in to solve, pro- you know, it, if you're good at your job and you are good at solving problems, then in theory, you don't, you don't need that person all the time. Right. So yeah. I feel like I'm the, you know, pull the red line for you need a problem solve, you know, you show up, fix the problem and then leave. Right. And then somebody else comes and, and takes over. So it, it allows me to continue to do what I love doing the most, which is, you know, problems for people. Yeah. I have a, a couple of clients that I've come in and done that. And then, um, especially cause I do, I do have a couple of nonprofits. It's part of my organization to give back to the community. 
And for the nonprofits, I'm like, just purchase a, a few hours, five, 10, 20, whatever it is. Right. And whether we spend that, that bank of hours in one day or five weeks or five months, I don't care. Cause really all I want to do is still stay connected to the clients and make sure that they know that they have me. Um, if anything comes up and they just want to talk about strategy, want to talk about people operations, the foundation, they have an employer relations issue. They just want to get, you know, a second opinion on. So I love it when I'm able to solve the problem and then kind of stay on the sidelines and still be there to coach and mentor my executives and NCEOs. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's a good chance they'll have a new problem that they'll need you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yes. Oh, so true. So true. Yeah. Well, uh, Nicole, this was great. Uh, I guess my last question would be, what would be the one thing that you would love CEOs and founders that are listening to this call be able to take away uh, from it? Yeah, I think it would just be to think about your talent strategy differently. I think usually uh, leaders think about where's my next full-time hire. And the world is so different now. There are so many people working in so many different ways that there's probably a way to solve your problem with a, a different way of thinking about it outside the box than you normally do. Um, I, I work with a lot of organizations that are dealing with mergers and acquisitions right now, and that's another great use case for bringing somebody in on a temporary basis. But I think that their brains just naturally go to, I need a full-time person, I need a full-time person. And again, that's the world is so different and people are working uh, in, in more uh, fluent ways. So just think about your talent strategy a little differently too. Yeah, and I would add to that, I, I think about it in a way where can you bring someone on for 10 hours a month that would actually improve and and get you to a place where maybe you don't end up having this huge big issue where now you need four or five consultants to fix it, right? Um, being able to drive the business faster, more efficiently, just by having that 10 hours a week or a month, whatever it might be. I think that's what's so powerful about fractional executives is that we can come in sooner and help with the build out, help with the structure, help scaling the company and the people because you have that higher level individual that's been through it and done it. Um, and you don't need to pay for a full-time person. So I love that sort of like a preventative medicine. So, you know, yes. before it gets bad, you can change your diet, you know, in advance. <laughs> exactly. I love it. That's so great. Well, thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate your time and hopefully uh, all the executives and CEOs that are um, watching this video have a takeaway from this that you don't have to wait. Now's the time. Go get those fractional supports and help your business grow and move forward. So thanks everyone for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Guinevere. Bye.